due to my investigative schedule, without warning, will drop twice a month. The Jonathan Cruz case was hastily investigated by authorities, but many questions remain. Come behind the curtain with private investigator Sheila Wysocki as she uncovers the truth about what happened to Jonathan. This is Without Warning. Warning, the following episode contains elements that are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. For those that started listening to Jonathan Cruz's case and haven't been with me for the last three seasons, after you finish Jonathan Cruz's case, start at the beginning of Without Warning with Lauren Agee case. I do these podcasts to bring the public behind the curtain to see what really happens in cases. The heartaches of the victim's family, the deceit from the government officials, the dedication to finding the truth. The journey is a hard one as a professional investigator. I appreciate the public with the help and dedication to the stories, the victims' families, and finding the truth. When I'm asked to do speaking engagements about private investigating, I tell the audience, podcasting is the single best investigative tool I have available in cold cases. This week's episode, you are hearing part two of Pam speaking with my Patreon group. I want to hear what you think about the description being shared by Pam. Does the family line up with other organizations? Organizations like Nexium or cult organizations? You heard the members of Wu Yi talk about the family. The family comes first. Don't do anything to break up the family. One life was lost, but let's not ruin another. In our group discussion, Nexium came up a few times. Nexium's training is a trade secret subject to a non-disclosure agreement, but reportedly uses a technique the organization calls rational inquiry to facilitate personal and professional development. A psychiatrist called it expensive brainwashing. During Nexium seminars, students would call Rainier Vanguard. The Hollywood Reporter wrote that Rainier adopted the title from the 1981 video game Vanguard, quote, in which the destruction of one's enemies increased one's own power, end of quote. Within the organization, the reasoning for the titles was that Rainier was the leader of a philosophical movement. Danielle, I know you had a question. No, I was just saying it almost sounds like he's grooming, like like I said, the Nexium. It's just very cult-like, you know. Here is Pam telling some of her stories about Wu Yi and Henry Sue. Saturdays, he basically spent all his time with these kids. He's a college professor, but when he wasn't teaching the college, he'd come over and he'd teach at the school, and then he'd go out to dinner with whatever people every night of the week. Then Saturday, there were Saturday classes, two classes in the morning, and then he would take a group of people out to have lunch. And then Sunday, there were the demo team classes. It's like his whole life was this group of kids, and this group of kids' whole life was supposed to be Kung Fu. 
warning signs of a potentially unsafe group or leader. This one is very important. Hyperactivity centered on the group and or leader's agenda, which seems to supersede any personal goals or individual interests. He pulled Danny aside just to go back a little bit. When we went there, he asked her to go outside one night. And he would walk around the school with somebody and have a conversation with them. I don't know if it was supposed to be some honor or not, but he wanted Danny to talk to him. I was sitting in there. I could see when they, you know, I wasn't worried about her. But afterwards, I said, what did he want? And she said, he was telling me if I needed anything in my life, if I had questions, if I had things I didn't want to talk to my parents about, I could come to him. I was pretty offended by that because she has a close family that she always came to. And I thought, it's weird he's getting in the middle. Warning signs of a potentially unsafe group or leader. A seemingly inability to think independently or analyze situations without the group or leader involvement. So this boy, um, Pedram, that she dated for a little bit, when they started dating, they talked a little about some of the oddities at the school that Henry did. And one of them was he called Pedram in, and I'm only vaguely remembering this, but he wanted to tell him about condoms and he was going to help him get the right size if he needed. He going to fit him. Uh, that's what he told my daughter. And I'm thinking now, Pedram has... Um, Nice parents, the very close family. I can't help but thinking his parents would have been appalled by that. The Pedram that showed up in that deposition is nobody I've ever seen before. But the no- those are normal kids, spend time with their parents. They were respectful every time we saw them. Nice boys. I don't know. I just, I feel like Henry ruined Priam. I don't know about that. But he is who he is. He showed himself in that deposition. Yeah. Okay, oh, I tell one more thing that I think is odd if you're going into the odd yeah. stuff about school he worked at the at the school and again how you're not allowed to leave the room you're not allowed to ask questions he was supposed to get, be getting a certain amount of money per hour can't remember maybe ten dollars wasn't a lot of money and so this kid's working through high school and he's supposed to be earning this money and henry just apparently wouldn't pay him so he'd wait maybe six weeks and pedram wouldn't have any paycheck and he would ask, you know, he asked Alex, who was the main teacher there besides Henry, can I ask Henry? And Alex would say, no, that's not respectful. Alex is using what could be referred to as someone camouflaging the question. An underage employee expects to be paid for their work in a timely manner. Instead of helping the underage employee get his money from Henry Sue. Alex changes the question to respecting Henry Sue. Shameful, in my opinion. What about respecting a job someone has done and pay them? So Henry would come in maybe after six weeks and go, oh, I haven't paid you. What's it been? Two weeks? And he'd give him two weeks worth of pay. And then Pedram would go, Alex, you know, he didn't pay me for all these weeks. Can I ask? And they'd say, no, it's disrespectful. Did this group know about the Manson family being called the family or is there some kind of cultural barrier there? I was just wondering why anyone would voluntarily. I know, is that weird? I don't know. And like I said, I didn't say it in the deposition. I so wish I had because I feel like maybe that might have tweaked Lucas's conscience that that little extra bit it needed. I feel like there are people out there that do know the truth now. 
that could come forward if they just would have a little bit of a conscience? The last question on that. Yeah, I just I just think that it's odd for for someone to like willingly be associated with that. I mean, in America, that's weird to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, the family like every everyone. Well, I mean, I'm 32. I don't know. Probably people maybe a little bit younger than me wouldn't know. Anyone like 25 and up, I feel like knows negative connotation in our society. So the last thing I'm going to ask you to tell is the story of the day of with Brenda from the standpoint of what Brenda was doing and what uh, what Danny was witnessing. Oh, at the Kung Fu school. Yes. And you may want to get her on here one day because she was she was there. Um, but while they were at this demo practice, you're supposed to be practicing. It's a very select group of students. They're this high level practice for shows that they would do. And Brenda was supposed to be practicing, but she never came in. She was outside. And so they asked somebody to go get her. Might have even been Padron. Asked them to go get her. And he went out and came in and said, she's on the phone and she's really unhappy and I'm not going to bother her. And then Danny said that she came in and she was just on the phone. You could tell she was arguing and fighting with somebody. And after she hung up, she told Danielle that she was in a fight with her mom. Danielle knew that wasn't true because Jonathan had, in the intervening time, texted Danny to let her know that there was a problem going on with Brenda. So she knew that she was having a problem, you know, that she was talking to Jonathan or about Jonathan during that time period. I think Brenda went over and kind of put her head on Danny's knee. And then all of a sudden she said, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I don't feel good. I have to go home. And so Stephen took her home. I'm going to pause for a moment for a commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Have you even told them about all these weird, perverted things that happen to younger students? Because that's a whole other thing that's gone on there. And Stephen reminds me of Danny, you know, because he was in his 30s trying to get Danny to go out with him. And I mentioned that to Henry. He seemed not to care. They went to a show in Oklahoma, and there was this a guy there that was being very aggressively inappropriate with Danielle. So that so much so that they were kind of rallying around her. But then he went and arranged it. I don't know if it was with Alex or who he arranged it with that he would get to drive Danielle home alone. And Sharon, again, the attorney who was an adult with children, was very concerned about Danny, but let her go. 
and asked Danny to just keep texting her on the way home because she was apparently afraid Danny would undergo some kind of assault, but still let her go. And Danny rode home with this guy who was just saying the most vulgar sexual things to her all the way back. She was terrified. And they let that go on and nothing happened. They found out what happened. And I think somebody said, maybe it was Alex, you know, somebody confronted him about that. And he said, nothing happened to her, did it? You know, and then of course there's the, um, and David's story. Is that okay to tell? Yeah. I mean, these are, as we know it, as we know it. And these things were alluded to and confirmed in depositions. I think was maybe 13 at the time, very young girl. One of the instructors in his 20s slept with this young girl and told uh, Master Lee, Master Lee has one arm of the school, the bigger arm, and Henry's under Lee and has his own school. Johnny Lee kicked this boy out of his school when he, he actually went and told Johnny Lee that he slept with this girl. Uh, Johnny Lee got mad and threw him out of the school. But didn't he call the police? Just saying. Did not call the police. And everybody apparently knew this story. Did not call the police. Kicked him out of the school. And Henry felt that maybe that was too harsh, I guess, because Henry brought him to teach at his school. And Danny said she saw him giving private lessons to children alone on Saturdays. And so they they set this predator up with other children, allegedly. I, I mean, I just don't, I don't get this. And then there's the thing with Brenda and the hotel with, with. We went over that and the, that's where Sharon didn't say anything. And my poor daughter is so naive. The only reason I found out about it, I'd had surgery that year. or I would have been calling the police. Um, the next year when Danny were there and I were there, she said, you know, Brenda's just not a very good friend. She said, you know, she was supposed to share a room. You know, she was supposed to share a room with this little girl, Ida. And she said, all of a sudden, at the last minute, she told Ida she couldn't stay with her anymore because she was staying with She goes, isn't that rude? And I was like, Danny, that's not the bad part of that story. And yeah. she, I mean, like, <laughs> I was like, she stayed alone in that room with him all weekend. She was like, yeah, and Ida had to come stay with me. And I was like, you know, do you ever wonder why Ida wasn't allowed to stay in there, too, if they're all just friends? Why did she get kicked out? Why did Henry not say anything? I went right to the police. When I got home after that trip, I went straight to the police. And they said it wasn't their jurisdiction because it had happened in Marshall, Texas. Yes. And I called the other instructors and they thought it was fine too. Yeah. But I guess it goes along with fitting condoms. Hopefully they fit them all with condoms before camp. Warning signs of a potentially unsafe group or leader. Anything the group or leader does can be justified no matter how harsh or harmful. You know, I've learned a lot about appearances and, you know, Coppell, Texas looks really beautiful. It's a beautiful area, beautiful town, the sidewalks. I always talk about how gorgeous the sidewalks are and so well kept. However, there's police that don't investigate. And going through the documents and the notes that I took from back then, I'm I'm appalled that nothing has happened to this day. And mm-hmm. so my last question to you, which I've thought about a lot, 
I know you've talked to the police. You've given them all your information. You told them everything because they said to tell you everything or tell them everything. Mm -hmm. So if something happens at the hands of, let's say, Brenda, aren't the police and that city culpable and liable? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've said that I'll be the first one going Something happens to somebody else. I'll be the first one knocking on that child's mother's door, not children, they're adults now, but I'll be the first one knocking on his mother's door saying this didn't have to happen. You know, I called them as soon as I saw her husband, Jason, he looked so much like Jonathan that we saw him far off. We were approaching the group at the fair and this guy, it almost took my breath away because when I see somebody that looks like him, it just, you know, and I was like, who's that guy? It looks just like Jonathan. And then I get up there and come to find out it's her new husband and she's pregnant. Um, I did call the police and say, there's somebody else's life on the line here. You know, there's another, almost another Jonathan. And they had already known somehow they knew that. So maybe they were watching her a little bit at that point. I don't know. What was the thing that Sharon said to Danny about Jason that she wasn't as concerned about Jason as Jonathan? Do you remember? She said, um, she wasn't worried about Jason because Brenda didn't love Jason. She'd loved Jonathan. When she met Jason, what she told Sharon was that she had a new boyfriend and he had a really good job. Jenny, I think that's our statement analysis in a nutshell. Yep. Okay. There's also heard um, real or pretend pregnancy within a very short time because she had the one just before she dated Jonathan which may or may not have been that minor boy. It was right after that, after, you know, within a month or two of the time she stayed with that boy in the in the camp, she had an abortion, which Henry offered to pay for. And may have. Yeah. He said he didn't, but um, I mean, Karen admitted that he did offer to pay for it. Then within days of when, you know, when Jonathan was breaking up with her, getting ready to break up with her, She was insisting that she was pregnant and did not want to wait for a pregnancy test to come out positive, which makes me think she wanted to like quickly run down and make him marry her or something before he could find out she wasn't. And then I don't know if it was 2014 or 15 that she was pregnant again and married to this guy down at the courthouse. I'd be a little suspicious if I was him. It's kind of off of Jonathan's case, but... Um, that is strange. I mean, there is grooming of children going on there. And has there any consideration about contacting the FBI unit of sex crime against children? You remember who also are members there. You've got a judge's wife, a judge's daughter. You got to worry about that kind of stuff. I don't, I mean, they, the police are well aware of it. Pam has document after document that has gone into that police department. That is I'm talking a- about the FBI Crimes Against Children Unit, Sex Crimes Against Children's Unit for the FBI. You know, that, that might be something. There is at least proof for people acknowledging about the little 13-year-old girl. There are people acknowledging. You can't for sure say that something happened with Brenda and in that hotel room. But the two other ones people admitted actually happened. Unless testified to what happened. He's back at the school. There's grooming going on there. That is strange stuff going on there. Yeah, I agree with you, Sue. But I think that Coppell has to to police their own. Pam can't do it. Yeah, they are 
Erica, Pal is aware. They'll be more aware after the podcast. I'm going to pause for a moment for a commercial break. What would it take to overturn the cause of death to where it would be considered a homicide? I can answer that. So we have talked to the medical examiner more than once. He said that he tried to get answers from the Coppell Police Department and they would not return his phone calls. So they answered some questions initially, but things, for instance, one of the questions was, was Jonathan taking medication? Well, they never got back to the medical examiner with the answer, no, he was not. Questions that should have been answered. So I want you to consider the medical examiner was told based on very, very sloppy, misspelling, terrible grammar, and I'm not one to talk and even I'm appalled, report, and he still ruled it as undetermined because the police would not return his phone calls and answer the questions that would determine it. So he has it as undetermined after the civil case, I believe that the district attorney's office cannot ignore it anymore. What I'm going to ask is two things on this. One, every time y'all hear the podcast, tag Pam, because I want people to see that people are listening. There are tens of thousands of people listening to this podcast but I want Pam to see the support because all she knows is that little community Coppell backing Brenda and the Kung Fu school and their behavior. And so if you guys don't mind tagging her um, and the podcast or anything revolving anything around the podcast, the second thing is I am going to ask you guys to um, what happened in Lauren Agee's case. When I asked people to contact the governor, they had to shut it down. They had to shut his server oh. down. Yeah, it was great. Um, and uh, Sherry and I talk about that on the 26th. I want the mayor of Coppell to have to deal with this. They have a new mayor, the female. What was that lady's name? Yeah, I was so unimpressed. She was so unimpressive. Um, she never chose to do anything um, yeah. regarding this case, but there's an opportunity for this mayor who's newly elected to do something. And mm -hmm. if he doesn't, that's OK, because, you know what, sooner or later, people are going to be very vocal about this case. And we know that the media is following it. 2020 will be there. What is that one? Daily Mail? Mike Mooney coming, I thought he said. Oh, yeah, Mike will be there. Um, he's D Magazine. It may end up being another front page. So, I mean, but I want Pam to feel the support. Yeah, we have. I told Sheila today, we really appreciate all of you so much because it really does, it does counteract that feeling of, you know, this horrible thing happened. You think when it happens that the support is going to go to the victim and the victim's family. And it was then so weird to watch that happen that way. But we have met so many wonderful people like you guys that, that, you know, never even knew Jonathan that are doing so much to help. And it really kind of restores my faith in humanity. You know, that you see there really is good in the world. And it occurred to me the other day, I told you this, Sheila, that, you know, what she has attracted around her, surrounding her, 
is a group of not very good people. And what we've ended up with surrounding us is some really wonderful, you know, caring people. So we're, we're very appreciative. Helps a lot, Help, especially helps my daughter. I mean, this just crushed her. This was her group of friends. This was her, her friend group. You know, for me, I kept, I kept at arm's length because it was weird. You know, I was there watching Danny. I liked the Kung Fu, but I was protecting my daughter, watching her in these relationships. Well, she lost most of her primary relationships through this. And not, not just that they all walked away from her when she saw what was going on. She was so disgusted. She didn't want anything to do with it. You know, I was really proud of her that, you know, that she, she didn't even give it a thought, you know, one day, and I don't know if this is relevant, but you know, Danny and I found a new Kung Fu school to go to. And the, the, the Chinese community is all kind of tight knit the Kung Fu schools, even in the area, they all know each other. And so they won't take each other's students. You're not supposed to go to each other's schools. So I went to the new school um, and kind of explained to the headmaster what had happened. And he said, okay. Um, he said, that's, that's fine. Just go tell them that you're leaving and coming over here. So we went over. I didn't want to talk to Henry anymore. He was already being weird. Once we filed that lawsuit, he got really ugly. So we went over to Johnny Lee's school and I told him, look, we're leaving we're going to go over to this other school. And he begged us to stay. He said, look, I don't understand why this has to be part of the Kung Fu school. Why we couldn't have just let it be separate and let the police take care of this. And he said, you know, my wife went to your son's funeral and she said, you were wonderful people. Um, and that you had handled this so well, we want you to come to our school. So we said, okay. And, um, as a side note, we went and I called the other school and said, we can't go. Master Lee wants us to come. The headmaster said to one of his other students, I bet you a stake they're back here in a couple of weeks. Henry Sue's ego will not let them change schools within the system. And sure enough, um, Danny was there practice one day and I was sitting there watching her because I never let her go around them alone again after that. Lucas, who, you know, I think is a decent guy. I don't know what's, what's happened to him, but um, is that a bless your heart look? That's a bless your heart look. <laughs> I'm right. Nice as I can. Sorry. He's the one that we, we you know, a couple we really held out. He's awful, Pam. I he know. didn't show up. He lied. He was awful. Lucas was one of the family members that I set up a meeting with to discuss the investigation. He was the last hope for Pam and Danny. He was a teacher, someone they thought they could trust. He stood me up. He did not call me. He did not call Pam. Remember, this is a teacher in Texas. The final straw for Pam was his deposition, another one from the family towing the family line. He lied about him, or yeah, you're right. He lied. Uh, but he came up and he said, um, I was supposed to start at Master Lee's school the next night. And he came up and told me that they're not going to let you take classes here. Henry came over here. There was a huge fight. He said, I heard it yelling at Master Lee. They were yelling at each other. Um, Master Lee wanted us, didn't understand why we couldn't come to his school and Henry was going to have none of it. Finally, they compromised on letting Danny stay. They were making a lot of money off Danny, I'm sure, with her lion dance. And then there was that grooming thing that we were talking about, all those text messages, they were going to kind of work on Danny. So I said, they were going to let me walk in all dressed for class and then kick me out. And he said, yeah. And Danny came over and she goes, what's going on? And I said, 
they're going to let you take classes, but not me. And she goes, I think we're done here. She picked up her stuff and walked out. That was the heart like she never even looked back. I was really proud of her because it was giving up a lot for her. She was really accomplished in that school. And I mean, I'm glad I think us being out of there is a good thing that came out of out of that because she's not around those horrible people. But it was still very hurtful to her to have to do that. It was hard for her at a young age. Warning signs of a potentially unsafe group or leader. Unreasonable fears about the outside world. There is no legitimate reason to leave. Former followers are always wrong in leaving, negative or even evil. I was just going to say is this behavior with Brenda and the family reminds me of adolescent behavior where didn't, okay, um, didn't people say that they were afraid of Brenda? Oh, yeah. Okay, so when you have adolescents, there'll be a bully and everybody will cater to the bully because they don't want to be bullied upon. Yeah. And that's what this whole thing makes me feel like. And maybe with Henry being, um, with her being a special pet of Henry's, um, you know, maybe people knew she went against them. It wasn't going to go well with them during the, in the school. And so he's fostering the idea that to yield to her. Yes, maybe. Like maybe she has something on him. That's what I think. Yielding to her. That's, That's occurred. What I think. That's exactly, Sue. I've said it all along. That's what I think. No, that has actually occurred to me. But since I don't have any proof of it, I don't speak it out loud. But that runs pretty consistently through my mind. Pam, I want to thank you for coming on and talking to us. Your letter to Jonathan, I literally had to pull my car over. I was in tears. That was the most beautiful thing. Well, thank you. And and we we really do want to help you. We really do. All of us. We we appreciate you talking to us. It's an honor. I told Sheila, anything any of you want or need, I will. I'm just so grateful to all of you that I will cooperate in any possible way. This is my little boy. I mean, I would have done anything for him. I'll do anything to see that he gets his truth out. In every case, there is someone in the community who holds information that may be significant in solving a case. Relationships change over time, and many cold cases are solved when a former witness, friend, or relative is located who is tired of hiding information and shares that information with investigators. If you have any information about this case, please contact our voicemail comment line at 888-599-0008. You can leave an anonymous tip or you can leave your contact information. We will call you back and speak with you directly. You can also email information to Sheila at SheilaWysaki.com. Without warning, executive director, executive producer, and host Sheila Wysocki. Announcer, Tim Evans.